Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Mr. Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 1969 gold Cadillac with the white Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for 
watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that, uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch This is your boy Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs. When you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We're here at Mutiny Radio for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 special second edition of Some Call Me Tomb. Ugh, I, I timed it out again wrong. Here we go. Tomb. There we go. Some Call Me Tim. I am joined by Lee Cox out of Portland, Oregon. Correct. Yes. And uh, April Gallaty's back. Uh, on, the, on the on the okay. Uh, so uh, with some call me Tim, I usually have people look first deeply into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus, and I ask you, do you believe in Jesus? I see value in the Christ myth. Mm, this is a good answer. You see value in the Christ myth because it. Um, I just think it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good metaphor. The idea of um, death re leading to rebirth, leading to uh, redemption. Yeah. Uh, and in, in uh, but not just death like real death, but in little deaths in our lives, like yeah. learning about how to accept loss and yeah. then move on kind of well, thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of, I, I kind of think any amount of, growth is kind of a death right ah. if you're if you're learning to do something new the past version of you is now dead like the oh if you're if you learn to forgive yourself or something like that the the version of yourself that wasn't able to do that is now dead you're a new person right because your outlook determines who you are yeah and therefore if you change your outlook you've changed who you are yeah, the old version of you is dead. I think we kind of yeah. remake ourselves every day. Ooh. And so the idea of, like, rebirth and redemption through rebirth, through death and things like that, I, I think it, I think it's a good myth. Well, what do we need redemption from? Our pasts often. I mean, hopefully we're growing as people and becoming, you know, better people to the world. And so I, I think that there is some... There is some need for redemption there. And I, I, I th also just think that guilt is a very common thing as a human being. Like, the more that you learn about yourself, just like even going from childhood into, like, a teenager and learning about, like, the birth process. Like, that idea of original sin makes sense to me because, like, just putting our mothers through what we put them through <laughs> is, like, I think we have some redeeming to do over that. Sure. What's the worst thing you ever did to your mom is when you when you were a kid? Oh, boy, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to put that on the radio. Oh, okay, fair, 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 fair. Yeah, I was like, no way. 
I slapped my mom once when I was 17. I regret wow. that. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Over something stupid, too. I think it was over, like, TV or something really dumb. Yeah. Like, something really mundane. I mean, it's a tough time. I, I work with uh, teens. I work with teens. And, like, yeah, no, it's a, it's a tense, emotional, like, dramatic time. And it is that it is those little things that come to represent, like, all the feelings you've got inside for yourself and you put that out onto other people and it's like yeah it could be some minor little thing about tv but it's like in that moment it was everything in the moment it was yeah sure yeah <laughs> redemption uh are people inherently good or inherently bad um i don't think i have a good answer for that i, I you know people are just kind of people um but babies will lie to you yeah like small children they'll it do something and they'll lie to you does that mean that they're well i mean they're interested in self-preservation ah so is that good or is it bad like i mean cancer is also interested in self-preservation <laughs> like the it's just part of uh the nature of something that's alive typically it wants to keep on living or keep on keeping on you know sure so you don't believe in like there's no religion that makes you a good person you just no. are a good person because um i mean i don't i don't I, I don't know if there's like necessarily a step-by-step -step guide to being a good person <laughs> it's not the bible <laughs> no, ten commandments not the, probably not those i mean that's not a terrible place to start not oh, killing people and things like that yeah i was gonna say the same thing i mean though i'm not really i told you how not religious i am i mean those really were the first rules I ever got as a child. It's somebody laying it out like, hey, lying's bad. Lying to your parents is bad. And, you know, killing is bad and stealing is bad, you know? And it's just a kind of a nice way to lay it out. So it's not a bad place to start, but. Yeah, I mean, children, the way that children learn and learn rules, it's, I think, more ethical with children to do kind of carrot stick learning as opposed to with adults because as i mean i think that's a big reason why people who were born into religious circumstances come to like really hate the religion is mm -hmm. because they feel lied to a lot of the time but the thing is like you, it's, it's very helpful to lie to children like when you're trying to get good <laughs> behavior out of them or just pro-social behavior it's just helpful to be like hey do this and good things will happen for you and then you get older and you're like wait i'm doing good things and good things aren't happening for me like I think that's a natural process of getting older, and I wish that religions did a better job of facilitating that transition from childhood into adulthood, where you begin to question things. Were you raised religiously, or were you? How was that? How was these kind of rules and laws brought into your life of morality? Was right. there an external one as a child? Um, no, I was raised in a pretty atheist household, oh. um, specifically pretty anti-Christian household. Um, but I wasn't like, I wasn't really given any particular like set of rules to follow or anything like that. I just kind of, I, I don't think morality stems from religion. I think religion can be a good way of like culturally binding a people, but I don't, I don't think it's necessarily like a good way to learn morality. Oh. I, I think you can get that on your own pretty easily. Pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Just be like, Hey, you did a thing that hurt somebody else. Like that's be aware of that and like that's well, not necessarily a good thing and that there's the consequences when you hurt someone else if there's consequences and they let you know you don't want to do that again because you have an actual consequence for that 
sort of action. Yeah, I mean, uh, as a as a child, that can be kind of a tricky situation because maybe you don't exactly care that you hurt somebody else, mm. um, and oh. sometimes that empathy comes a little later. Yeah, like if uh. ever. I mean, there's some people who just don't have a ton of empathy in that in that regard, and that's like unfortunate, and that's. I think where it does become valuable for a religion to be like, yeah, you're going to hell if you hurt people. And then people <laughs> who wouldn't otherwise care, they have that threat over their heads. And so I, I see a value there. just To keep people in line. Religion's a great people. way to keep dumb people in line. Ideally. I mean, but... <laughs> Ideally. Like, if you look at dumb <laughs> religious people, they're still not super in line with what the Bible is telling them or whatever Holy Book is telling them most of the time. But, y you know, you cross your fingers and you hope. So if there's nothing, like what, what hope do you have? What keeps you going? Like what's your belief, or is there one? Do you just why, why be? Why be? Um, I mean, I do have spiritual beliefs at this point in my life. Um, not beliefs, spiritual feelings. I think is more accurate than saying spiritual beliefs, if that makes sense. Sure. Do you, Do you think there's an afterlife? Mm, not as not as such not as we would like experience it like passing through a pearly gate and looking around and sure. there's clouds and things like that not really just so when we die we're in the ground that's it consciousness disappears everything else rots yeah well we're i mean it, it's i i take on the metaphor of like the wave like what happens to the wave once it crashes it just kind of goes back into the ocean oh okay that's a that's a nice metaphor yeah so you're like part of the froth and you go back into the big primordial yeah. swirl. I'm part of the froth. <laughs> uh, so you, you don't believe in an afterlife? Not so much. I mean, uh, well, I guess what matters for me is I, it doesn't, it, I don't care. It, do, it doesn't, uh. if there is one or there isn't one, it's not going to do me much good to be placing bets. So top three line. things you care about. Top three things I care yeah, about? Yeah, sure. You said, because I don't care about that. So uh, if you don't care about what happens after what are the three things that top three things you care about uh, now that make you go yeah here's something i'm uh, alive for um boy it's hard to put into words i guess now that you've put it this way uh top three things i care about i'll i'll say comedy just because it, it would be weird not to maybe <laughs> um, fair growth so like personal growth sure that's a good one and then uh, there's these uh, there's these crows that I feed around my house. So cool! I like them. Yeah. Rad. April. Top three things. Uh, that. That you care about. Oh. It's a hard question. <laughs> I honestly am a very curmudgeon-y, um negative person <laughs> but you've got it there's stuff you care about like i care about diamond <laughs> your yeah so your husband yeah i Great. care about my husband one cool that's a cool thing the the cat and the ferrets yes there you go. i'm that's so glad you said the cat yes of course but i mean yes. honestly i like i really am one of those people who just has no like Th there's something about that familial bond where people are like, my, my, my sisters and my brothers and my cousins and all that. I just don't get that. I, I never have. Yeah. And I don't understand it. I'm yeah. going to put cats and ferrets in one bundle, and yeah. you have to choose one more thing you care about. Comedy. Oh, great. Yeah. All That's right. the, yeah. All right. Because right. it's weird not to, right? Because yeah. it's weird not to. Billy Joe. 
Top my three kids, things you could. Your kids. Good. Tigger and comedy. Oh, great. Look, family, animals, comedy. What are your What are yours, fam? I would. I'd have to definitely put my cats up there. <laughs> uh, and um, I, I, I mean, I'll be super honest. I care too much about. Uh, what other people think about me. Mm. <laughs> Don't <laughs> that's we all? That's definitely up in the top three. <laughs> that I'm like, I, get, I spend way too much brain space on that. Mm. And um, I, know I, I know I should say my boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> I know I should say, I know I should say comedy, but I will go, I, I, and I, oh yeah, I got, I got cats up there. That's so funny. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I have to have to say Mutiny Radio. That's the that's okay. probably the top three. Good yeah. one. Which encompasses comedy. I just had to make a bigger basket. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because I'm making a bigger basket, I'll say cats and boyfriend together as one because <laughs> they're all in the same household. Right, that family. Fa- yeah, so Because, I mean, family. I left my granddaughter out, but I yeah, my right. heart doesn't. Sure, right. exactly. So w- why do you think that we all chose animals to some degree? What is what do you think that is? Uh, because animals have a capacity for empathy that people don't like, mm. and also that they're innocent and blameless. Mm-hmm. Like you can never, like, I I don't think you can accuse a cat of being racist. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess when when compared against like the average person, but I mean yeah. a cat will eat you when you die. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, self-preservation. I expect it to. <laughs> Yeah. And we're cool with that? Would we, would we be Somebody cool with, like... Somebody needs to clean up the mess. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think a cat eating you when you're dead makes more mess, probably, than Maybe. you just rotting. I really hope somebody figures out I'm Depends dead before my cat starts eating me, honestly, yeah. so she doesn't have to. Yeah. That's, I, that's also... <laughs> yeah. Well she probably that. wants to. She's been she waiting. probably... Waiting. She's just Biting sitting around. Yeah. She nibbles me every once in a while. Just checking. <laughs> just making sure. Where's my food? Uh, but it's interesting that we all, well, that the three of us mentioned family. You didn't mention family. I don't have, uh, I don't have much family. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not super close with them. Oh, all right. I'm not, I'm not super close with my immediate family. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, mm, you know. Yeah, it's actually um, an interesting thing that I'm kind of experiencing right now because growing up, I wasn't super close with my immediate family on like my mom's side, and then recently my father died, and I'm getting like a ton of. Uh, like Facebook message mm. requests and friend requests from a bunch of people on my father's side, <laughs> and it's actually like a pretty large extended family over there comparatively, and they're all like being supportive of me and like reaching out and seeing if I need anything, and it's very strange. It is kind of uh, challenging my definition of self, like my own personal narrative, because I'm used to just not having family and so now i have yeah so now i have all these people and it's a little bit of like what what do i uh, what do i do with you like i don't know how to i have a lot of love for for the family members that i am not in regular contact with and i would drop what i'm doing to be there for them Mm. because i have that love of family but yeah we're not super I, w- so I wouldn't drop I anything I for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. you gonna come to one of my shows? That's <laughs> what I'd do with your extended family. I'd be like, come see me. <laughs> come yeah, see right. me perform. Yeah. <laughs> watch my YouTube video. Give me some hits. Right. You want to be supportive? Right. <laughs> Put on they your Facebook have. that I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Then. That's good if you have that yeah, kind of like. Um, so, but if I if I had people reach out to me, that'd be the first thing that I would ask them to do. I'd be like, oh, you want to support like, me? Give like money to Mutiny Radio. Yeah, like, <laughs> like and subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Yeah to your YouTube channel and then all of your funny, funny things. Yeah, but it kind of gets, it's, it's, I, I process a lot of things through, or I have been lately through that, 
Christ myth thing that I was talking about. Yeah. And so I have this past idea of myself, of somebody who just doesn't really have a family. And now I'm like in a space where I kind of do and I'm having to integrate those two people. Wow. Yeah. D uh, so do you read Joseph Campbell? Do you I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. rad. Big into him. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I We studied him in the hero, the myth stuff yeah. for many years. Archetypical. Yeah characters i get really myth. angry with the crone mm. <laughs> i'm like why we got to call her a crone or a <laughs> witch <laughs> like why can't it be like a little bit more woman positive yeah. i want to be the hero yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i can't be i can be the hero of course we life. all are yeah the crone is a hero is someone's what is the old man called what is the old man which one like the, the like in the Oops. same like if there's the like Dumble albus dumbledore <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like, if there's this series of things like what we are throughout our lives, what are old men called? If we're called crones. Well, within, I mean, this isn't, it's it's not a personal Elders. thing necessarily, but I, I think it's a mentor is typically, I think it's oh, the mentor okay. role. You, mm. you might know more about that than I do. Because I, I never got too big into that aspect of the hero's journey. Well, it's all through Star Wars. Like, so I watched, uh, if you look at... It's like, and then it's so funny because he goes into the cave, even mm -hmm. all that kind of yeah. stuff with Yoda and yeah, then comes that meets his father, but it's really him. Right. And then, I mean, that whole, that whole Yoda in the cave uh, in um, Empire Strikes Back mm. is all yeah, like a hundred percent Joseph yeah, Campbell. Yeah, they're, they're open about that. Like they have interviews with George Lucas and Joseph Campbell and stuff. And it's, oh, they're, they're, it's like, yeah, th it is like, it is once I... I wasn't into Star Wars until I read Joseph Campbell, and, like, that's the aspect of Star Wars that I enjoy. Everything else is kind of, yeah, like, cool lasers. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Space opera. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Cowboys in space. Um, how long have you been studying the, is it just recently that you've come up with, that you've been looking at it since your father's death, or this has been a thing for you for a while that it's you've studied? Um, it's been, I, I, it took me probably, like, three years to get all the way through Hero with a Thousand Faces, mm -hmm. and I, I, because I read it very slowly, and I took a lot of it to, har um, to heart, and so that's been like, that's been a big part of it, and then the other big, and other big pu puzzle piece for me in terms of my spiritual growth has been, um, there was a paper by Cormac McCarthy, who wrote No Country for Old Men. Oh, uh -huh. Yeah, it, it's a pretty short essay. I would recommend people read it. I think it's called The Kekule Problem, or The Kekule Problem. And it has to do with, um, if you'd like to hear about it. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Um, so it has to do with when they were, I forget what the, I'm, his name's probably Kekule. Um, they were trying to figure out an, an atomic structure, a molecular structure. You, like, So when you're mapping molecules, you can find... Um, based on the mathematics, you can find the shape of the molecule, basically. Uh, but he found this molecule, and he couldn't figure out the shape of it. He worked on it for months and months and couldn't figure it out. And uh, he went to sleep one night and had a dream of a snake eating its tail, that oh, classic symbol. Oh and he sure. realized that this, the molecular structure was a ring. Aurora Boris. Yeah. And so Cormac McCarthy, the, the essay is about, like, why did his brain choose to give him the answer this way because obviously it knew what the problem was the brain knew what the answer was but it didn't communicate it through language it used imagery mm. and it waited till he was asleep so why did it do this and his overall premise was that the subconscious evolved before language did and so it doesn't know how to use it 
And so a lot of the time that we're communicating with our subconscious or we're taking things in, it's through imagery and it's through metaphor. And so that's been a big part of my spiritual growth has been understanding that like language isn't always the best way to get to the bottom of things. Wow. It is often through like experience, through metaphor, through imagery and things like that. Do you have a dream journal? I don't really dream. So you don't get like pictorial. Not y- your much. body your brain doesn't process it like that. I like to think that I just do so much subconscious work in my waking life that my brain doesn't need to, but that's probably not true. I'm just I just am not bad at dream or I'm bad at dreaming. So then what are the signs and symbols that you're seeing and interpreting? Uh it can be like any anything anywhere. I mean, you can look at anything and take meaning from it if you wish to like everything is metaphorical that that's kind of how i've been living my life for the past two or three years is just that anything if i need it to be is a lesson or a metaphor it is about kind of opening yourself up to that and putting yourself in that kind of paradigm you're in the moment sometimes i try to be (sighs) it's not a bad way to live life (laughs) i mean we grow from every experience we have one way or another yeah, I've been. So, yeah, my I, I, I'm totally on board with everything he just said. Cool. My my lesson that I've been learning recently is that uh, when something happens, <laughs> that doesn't change. But the only thing I can do is my reaction to it. I'm not powerless over that. Like I used oh to sure. write it off. Like that's just the way I react, and there's no other way I can react because mm. that's just what happens. Mm. And then now I'm like, okay, I'm actually, I can take. A I can make a conscious choice yeah. to react in whatever way I want, and which is like it's uh, it's taken forty five years. Well, <laughs> it's a in long the south journey. It's and a long in, in small town, it, it's uh, you're better than that. Act like it. Well, but mm. and that's you the know, thing is, and I've been wrong, I've always been told that <laughs> that kind of idea too, like, but that's an external way of saying like act this way or you look weird as opposed yeah. to internally saying I have a choice of how I'm going to react over right. this so that I can present myself in the way of my choosing and that well gives in you that we were taught that we have a choice you know and yeah. that we were choosing poorly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it just gives you a sense a greater sense of control over your life yes. you know well because most of my choices as a child I was shamed into making a lot of my choices mm. so they aren't necessarily my own choice of my own behavior if mm-hmm. I'm shamed out of it yeah as opposed to me choosing to not you know cry in that situation or fly right. off the handle or call someone a cunt face like I don't have to do that yeah um, but sometimes you choose to do that like I do choose to go to the atomic level sometimes well and that's I try to recognize that I'm like doing that because I yeah. usually guilted away later and say I went atomic but I just couldn't help it but now mm-hmm. I'm trying to own that and be like well I chose to go atomic yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and if you're comfortable like living with the consequences of your actions and that's a that's a that's not a bad way of doing mm-hmm. things but usually by the time I've gone to that level I have weighed the odds and decided will this get things resolved even if it's not for me but for future people mm. I see what you mean or, or like my yeah. mom used to say, just the do something even if me. it's wrong. Well, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> picking a battle. You're literally yeah. picking a battle and saying, yeah. this is a battle I'm picking, and here uh-huh. I am. I'm going to die on th- this hill. I'm dying <laughs> on yeah. this hill. And I, f- yeah, I'm making a choice to die on this hill. M- that's not usually what's happening with me. Usually it's like, I just, I'm like, ah, I don't know. and then later I'm like, well, yeah. I have learning, paid learning. so much for that in the past that I'm finally past it. Well, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Life's like changing and growing every day. 
Yay. Uh, I used to make positive choices, though, because of the fear of death or hell or right. Jesus not liking me right. or getting. If, my choice, if your choices are made because you're afraid of getting in trouble, mm. is it truly a choice? Or are you just, you know, that, that's mm. when, I don't know, morality comes into play. Because you're not necessarily being moral. You're just following rules. Not yeah. because they attune to you personally, but just because. I get what you mean. It's, it's in a lot of ways a big difference between the East and the West is the idea of like guilt being an immoral way of imposing morality mm. in the West. Whereas in the East, I, I think that that is more common because of more of a collectivist idea of, of culture and community. So the idea that like, yeah, shame your children into being good people because we are all one. Versus in the West, it's very much like we, we are all individuals. And so the idea that the community has shamed me is like very wrong. Mm. And that's that's just something that I tend to notice. It's like, yeah, that's something that I'm kind of on the lookout for. And I just find it interesting, the, the different ways that we look at um, culture from a Western lens. Yeah. Fear is a teacher. Well, it, it should be. And, you know. <laughs> that's how we tend to learn. Yeah. Pe people... I had a woman try to shame me one time because I would make noise pop on the baby's diaper. That was not to hurt the baby. It's she didn't even feel it. It was the noise that would scare her into stopping so that I could keep her safe, you know, keep her from doing something that would hurt her. And this woman was just like, I can't believe you would use fear to, to teach your child. You just, I was like, hey, lady. They're adults. <laughs> They're well-adjusted adults. I think it worked. They made it through childhood because I taught them what they should fear. Well, I mean, <laughs> fear is powerful. I mean, kids kids don't, if you, they don't fall down, they don't know how to get That's up. True. You gotta, they, you can't put them in plastic wrap all the time. They gotta, yeah. Uh, they gotta, they gotta break my some bones. My parents tried; it didn't work. I let my kids learn things, but no, you know, I mean, if they're headed for something, like they're about to grab something hot, and you know, and, and they're not listening to the no, yeah, you pop them on the diaper, you make that noise. Well, sure, but otherwise they're gonna stop. burn their little hands. Yeah. It's like yes, you. But I don't know, questioning people's parenting. It's I don't have kids. I don't have a dog in the race, mm. you know. So it's like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm there's no, I have no dog in the fight. We're all going to make mistakes. We don't know which ones we made until our kids tell us how much of a fuck-up we were. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, hey, so I want to try to always spin it back to religion or God or something metaphysical or esoteric. Uh, here, here's a crazy question. Uh, people who want to commit suicide, should we care? Right? Like, if they want to take themselves out, there's too many of us. What are Why the do, we, do we care? They want to. Does it matter? I mean, so I work with suicidal teens. Oh my goodness! I did not even know that. Uh, yeah, that's a big part of my job, and so it's a tough question um, because I know that mental illness is often illness, and it is something that people can move past and grow from. And I like I was suicidal as a as a kid and a teen, and so. I don't know, like, I guess I didn't personally get help for that, but I know there's a lot of people who've come through our care who, if not for us, would have killed themselves and have now grown in to a place where they are past that cool. and are thankful for our care. And so I think that, I don't know, it's, it's like a child 
not wanting to eat like it is still your responsibility as a human as a member of their community to make sure that they do and so i think with suicidal ideation or suicide attempts especially for teens and 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 younger even like i i do think that it that is a part of our responsibility as a community to help them with that right, All right. the message to teens really is it does get better yeah. You know, <laughs> I was bullied. I went through a lot of that. Trust, it gets better. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I now stand on a stage and make two or 300 people laugh at me every once in a while. I, w- I, I was playing I more de- devil's advocate. I mean, I was, I was suicidal I as a teen, too. But uh, there's, a, there's this group online, and they're called the, the anti-humanists. And they're like, save the world, kill yourself. <laughs> and it's <laughs> all about, like, the everything's falling apart, and the best thing that we can do mm is is uh is take ourselves out and i'm like whoa i see that as satire uh it, it's a real thing though and they don't like i can see it i as just try to continue too, to see I it as satire let me keep my yeah. perspective yeah sure <laughs> no, i mean i definitely think there are people who are in positions where they have decided that their life is not worth living anymore and if they are in like a healthy state of mind and they've just made that decision for themselves that's that's definitely a different conversation so like euthanasia no problem with that euthanasia sure like well i don't i I don't yep on the record no problem with that like (laughs) there obviously there's a lot of context for these things sure yeah i worked at a nursing home in in colorado and yes some of our patients uh chose assisted suicide and in every case i see why they made that decision Mm. and i would stand by it yeah, I mean, I there would comes a point if I where terrible cancer, uh, I'd take the side. Yeah, be like, I'm not. I don't want. You should have the choice whether or not you have to endure that one more day. Who, I- you know, why should someone else be able to make that choice? But yes, in a situation of teens, it gets better. Hang in there. Mm. <laughs> Hang you know, in there, kids. There, there's a difference the between medical podcast. reasoning and, you know, I don't see a good future. Just, just keep looking. It'll be there. Yeah, I mean. We do live in the United States. There is, there, <laughs> there are measures that life, life can't get better. Uh, I'm trying to think of other things that have to do with religion. Uh, any, I mean, I'm sorry. I've been doing this. This is, I think, this is like the 42nd hour of, <laughs> of <laughs> podcasting oh, have, that have we've done. Did you talk much in the last hour of like how you were raised? And oh, I was, I was raised super Christian, okay. like super, super, super drink the kool-aid jesus yeah where did you grow up danville which is here bay area the uh, really really wealthy part of the bay area Mm. yeah i was uh, a capitalist pig and didn't even know it Mm. i thought i was poor you were (laughs) just a piglet i was just a piglet yeah i didn't even know i thought that 90210 was just like what everybody experienced because that was like what my high school was like we wore some of the same outfits everyone was driving the same kind of cars right Everyone was very wealthy, and I was like, I only drive a Hyundai. Yeah. I'm poor. Yeah. My parents only gave me a brand new Hyundai for my 16th birthday. It's not a Mustang or a BMW, so I'm a pile of dog shit. So I'm getting a sense that you kind of grew out of the Christian community that you were brought up in? Yeah, absolutely. I did acid for the first time and saw God, and I was like, we're cool, bro. And he was like, yeah, we're fine. And I was like, (laughs) okay. Right on. All that other stuff was bullshit. We're fine. Was there a lot of, I, I assume there was a lot of tension between you and your family Oh, over there that? still is. Absolutely. Right. They're all still exceedingly Christian. Okay. Yeah. Fox News, Kool-Aid drinking, are you church going, Jesus singing. Are you able to see positive aspects of that or is it just a negative 
Sure. Um, everyone I know from when I was little that's still Christian is super rich. So that's <laughs> probably pretty positive. Yeah. Uh, and they seem to have happy families. Mm -hmm. So that's nice for them. Do you feel that that's more of like an appearance-based thing? Or are they actually, do you think that they have found... I don't know. Like, they they definitely appear very Pottery Barn from the outside. Right. So it all looks pretty shiny and happy. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. I don't. I can't lift back the veil on... Uh, I mean, right. I don't. I think I see the hypocrisy in Christianity, and I, it's difficult for me to separate that out. Right. Yeah. Like, it. I mean, even Catholicism. We kill so many people in the name of what? And it's like the top three religions are all the same. Come from the same guy, and we. But we hate Muslims. Mm. Like they're all Abrahamic, six yeah. monotheistic religions. But we're like, well, but. But your monotheistic religion is just a little bit different from mine. So right. we're going to kill you and demonize you and say right. you're bad. And anything that, um, you know, when they took over Ireland, they... Oh, the Protestants called, versus called, the Catholics. They yeah. called everything that uh, uh, was knowledge. They, ca they considered everything that was science that, that the folks knew pagan. Oh, sure. You know? And then when they got yes. to the Americas... They burned entire libraries throughout South America. Um, they were a lot more medically advanced than, than we are now, but we don't know what they did because the Catholic Church burned the libraries because it was Because those dirty heathens. God. Yes, <laughs> it was heathens. <laughs> dirty heathens ruining everything. When you look at how the Catholic Church has destroyed so much, how can you look at it positively? It's, I mean, it's still a big, like, money-making people following i mean they have their own like nation state yeah. basically yeah so how does one dismantle that when it's part of like the universal gestalt and we say these things are important and then now we go well are those important but they're still it's it, it's like uh we've built a house and the pillars are still there and you can knock down the house but the pillars are still there mm. so you're just using the same foundation and building a different house mm. but like yeah, that foundation is still like based on what? Some weird myth that but we're like, no, no, it's not a myth. It's true. And mm -hmm. I believe it this way. But, oh, I believe this other strange little nuance. So you clearly, Mormon is Mormonism a cult? I, I, I don't know. Christians say it is. Many say yeah, you know Catholic any Mormons? Church is a cult. Yeah, I, I grew up with a, or not really grew up, but in my high school, there were a few Mormons. I mean, good family people, I guess. I, I don't know. Tends to be. I mean, it's just, a, it's a ten from what I see from an outsider, it seems like it's really great if it's working for you. And if it's not, it's really terrible. Because uh. then you become ostracized and you feel very alone. And there's, there's not a lot of community support for somebody who is questioning, you know. Right. Simi probably similar to the Amish. <laughs> not probably, but they have that uh, rumspringa thing. Right. You get to take two years and be be a normie yeah yeah and they even have like kind of a, a middle ground where they can go you know and, and kind of be like there's a half and half religion like i, I can't this taste the fruits of the devil and yeah and you see the ladies walking around in the mall and stuff with the little bonnets on and stuff like that but they're mm. allowed to have cell phones oh, and drive and that sort of thing yeah sure. those are like from from what i gather that's like that middle ground like from amish to it's like jews that eat pork <laughs> 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 I know quite a few. Yeah, hey, me too. A lot of that stuff is contextual, like yeah. pigs rooted in their own shit. And if you add, I mean, the reason that 
there's no the Jews don't eat the shellfish is they were probably getting super sick from shellfish. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and they weren't. The same reason you don't mix meats because they uh, they have to be cooked at different temperatures. People died from the food poisoning. Sure. Right. Well, that's where I believe a lot of the Jewish diet came from. Is oh, we don't know why that happened, so we're not. So gonna we're not going to eat that anymore. Right. Yeah. Hey, no more shellfish. individually these are all great, but we mix them together, people die, so we have yeah, to eat the meat, meat separate. I mean, you know, that's what I'm figuring. It makes sense that like early holy books are they are a combination of like how to survive manuals yeah. meets like spiritual poetry. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're reading them like that, they just make more sense and are more valuable. Yeah. Because it, it shows you a, like like they were saying, like it's, it's just a context for survival of these desert dwelling tribes basically from the beginning. And they were just like, well, you know, we need to know not to have sex with animals and stuff. And yeah. so they wrote it down and then like. <laughs> then they just they started adding on like uh, what i think is spiritual poetry or spiritual mythology and just like ways of coming to terms with being alive and some people take that stuff too literally and i think that's where the problem usually sure ends up yeah the bible's got some weird stuff when they the manna from heaven i'm always like what does that represent that they're wandering around in the desert for 40 years but every morning god provides them bread from the sky but you can't save it. You weren't allowed to save it because the next day it would rot. So mm. you had to have faith that God was going to provide you because they were in the desert just want, like every morning. They had to go out. And, and I'm like, what Somebody could Somebody was midnight be? raiding. Well, something was, <laughs> something was going on. Somebody was midnight raiding and coming up with some food. I, I mean, really. <laughs> it was, I know, for 40 years. Where'd God this gave come from? Don't morning? ask. God what gave it to us. Well, right. But so like it, when we look at these myths that have been written down and it's like, what was the purpose of that? Is it truly to like completely give yourself over to this external being that my like I trust in God? There he is every morning. He's going to provide me food. Mm. Like, what does that gain us for self-preservation? Well, I mean, I think this gets back into kind of what I was saying of of taking things too literally. Like, even if you're questioning it you know, on a literal level, I think I think you often you're mi- kind of missing the point. Um, and it it I I try to think of it back to what i was saying about uh metaphor mm-hmm. is like this is probably a metaphor like of of something that they went through and decided to write down or whatever um but you brought up there being weird things in the bible are you familiar with like the song of solomon oh love it yeah it's i used to masturbate to the song of solomon when i was a kid so strange that nobody talks about it that there's just an erotic poem in the middle of the bible yeah yeah your your breasts are yeah. like two deer on the meadow. Yeah, it's all like I, I knelt beneath the shade of his tree and tasted his fruit and stuff. It's, yeah. it's just a it's bunch of it's it's a straight up erotic poem that yeah. nobody talks I about. Used, I used to masturbate to that as a child because I didn't have anything else and I right. was I read a lot so it was Song of Solomon for me. Right. I was like the Bible is here. It's sexy porn. Yeah. Even if I was bored in in chapel, I'd open it up and I'd read the Song of Solomon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically it's a it's a love poem from. David to Bathsheba uh, was one of his wives that he stole from someone else or killed her husband or something and then wrote her a pretty poem about, and it's in the Bible. It's all super sexy. Yeah, I don't know. What's that a metaphor for? (laughs) Getting it on. Getting it on, got it, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's a good, everybody look up Song of Solomon. Yeah, they never never talk about it. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's a little one. I always wondered about the Lot's wife thing and not right. that Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt I get that like you're not supposed to have a remembrance of those crazy orgy times don't and wanting you don't look back I get that but 
after Lot's two daughters and Lot, they, they go up and they're hiding in this cave. Mm. And Lot's <laughs> daughters get Lot super, super, super drunk. And, and, and then them, they yeah. have sex with him because they think they're the only people left and they have to keep the Jewish species going on. Right. And species, then they just I don't, I don't end think it's a species. It. Species, I don't know. Or race. Race, race <laughs> Jewish. Let's go race. <laughs> I'm the accidental racist. I'm sorry if that triggered anybody. I'm sorry. It's just words coming out of my mouth. But they have sex with their dad, and then, like, everything ends. There's no explanation whatsoever for it. And I'm like, what's the metaphor there? Like, there, no one says, hey, it's bad to get your dad drunk and rape him. I mean, I, I think if, if – I'm not super familiar with that aspect of the Bible, but I think what I'm hearing is the takeaway theme is, like, keep moving forward no matter what. Like, that has oh. to be – like, you, ha- you this was a time I- within, I guess, the Jewish culture where, the, like, it was all about survival as it – it tends to be within the Jewish culture and so it's like yeah don't look back or you'll get turned to salt and like you gotta fuck your dad you gotta fuck your dad like just (laughs) keep on trucking keep on trucking yeah for the people you gotta fuck your dad it's all good yeah sure okay I mean that's my takeaway just it's kind of gross I'm sure there are better ones but no I'm digging it yeah it's uh, in Bible interpretation with Lee it's Cox right. here. It's, it's as good as any interpretation I've heard. So yeah, I agree with that. Keep moving forward. Yeah, never stop. Just keep swimming. Yeah. Thanks, story. That's yeah. good. Yeah, good stuff. A uh, couple minutes left here on some call me Tim, and uh, talking about weird <laughs> religious stuff. But I mean, you're none of that. What? So what are some some books that influence you? If the Bible hasn't influenced you at all, what are some of the some of the either you said Joseph Campbell. So other than yeah. Joseph Campbell, um, and yeah. the hero, hero with a thousand faces. Hero with a thousand faces is super dense, but very worth reading. Um, I don't know, like in terms of, I'm trying to think of things that have influenced kind of my spiritual being. Um, Joseph Campbell takes the cake on it, but I would say, um, oh, and if you've read Joseph Campbell, I would also recommend. I forget who it's by, but The Hike, real good. Um, it's just a really good laying out of the monomyth um but let's see um Eckhart Tolle uh, the power of now and stuff like that has been really helpful to me and then in terms of just like trying to be a better person uh all of Brene Brown's work I don't even know who that is you don't okay I would really recommend you look up any TED talks by her so she was a um I believe psychologist and her her area of study was shame oh oh i definitely have to read this yeah it's it's like why we feel shame and and what it what it means to like live with shame how shame is different than guilt and like it's it's she just she does actually like a good job of laying out kind of not exactly step by step but like guidelines for living a more what she calls wholehearted life a shameless life Hopefully. Yeah, somewhat shameless to some degree, but also just a life that is more full. It's one that we can be authentically ourselves and things like that. So I I really recommend, like, if you're you're feeling like you can't fully be yourself or, or there's just, like, something missing between you and... I don't know, living authentically, like her, her, and it's research. Like that's the nice thing about it is it's all rooted in research. Um, she just talks to people who are living more fully, and contrasts that against people who are living less fully, and like what are the differences? And sure. So, and I, what is a what is living a less full life? Like watching t- twelve hours of TV day, obviously, or well, like. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's just like not 
not feeling fulfilled in what you're doing and not having the necessarily like the power to change that and just just living living inauthentically like living through creeds that you don't fully believe uh-huh. things like that because you're ashamed of like being pushed to the outside of whatever social group you're in so you you just kind of go with the flow i don't want to use the term sheeple but that that kind sure. of thing like sure. how you can overcome that and like what that looks like what that process is going to be like oh sweet yeah Brene yeah. brown i really recommend her yeah sh- I've, I don't, I've never thought of shame being different than guilt well, yeah, I mean, guilt is, well, she describes it as guilt is I've done something bad versus shame is I am a bad person. Oh, wow. So guilt is very useful if you have harmed someone or done something wrong because you can learn from that. Whereas shame, if you think I am a bad person, there's no there's no quick response to that. There's no helpful response to feeling like you are a bad person. There's no way right. to grow from that. And the thought process leads down two different paths. Right. Well, I, I constantly tell myself I hate myself. I've been trying to, s- to change that diatribe in my mind. Like, right. there's no reason to have that be the first. Like, even if I'm, like, joking through, oh, I hate myself. But it's like, wait a minute. Those yeah, words have power and that. meaning. Why, yeah, the, why? the more you hear it, the more you say it, the more it will become. Right. Right. And it, it leads to greater inaction. Like, it leads to less positive growth because I hate myself. Well, then why bother to be a better person? Because I, sure. hate, I hate myself. I don't want... You know, I don't want somebody I hate to prosper in any way. Right. So it's changing the <laughs> the narrative. Like the narrative, yeah, yeah, the personal narrative. Yeah. Wh- why would you? I mean, why does it matter if somebody you hate prospers? Because I want them to suffer if I hate them. Ah, and so if you hate I mean yourself, if you hate I, yourself. I guess, you're I, I guess I've suffering. just never felt hate to that level. I mean. Get on but it. Yeah, get on it. <laughs> no, it's it's I'm just kidding. Sometimes <laughs> I use. Sometimes I used in the past. I used that self hatred as a um, springboard. A springboard or, yeah. for creativity. And sometimes. in fact, when I was a poet, I'd sp- I'd specifically make myself. I notice patterns now because this was like ten years ago. I notice patterns now that I'd make myself unhappy because mm. it made me. It hadn't gave me more things to write about. Right, but and that. That inner tension can be good for creativity, but I think if anyone anyone who has lived with like long term inner tension and then moved past it, they know that you can create so much more easily and prolifically without that. Right. Like exactly. We, we have that idea that like, well, without without my depression, what am I like? Look at a depressed person, like meet a depressed person and see how creative they are, like how right. how productive they are, like. Y- it's not like you don't still have those experiences of self-hatred once you come out of depression. Right. You're just now able to talk about it and sure. create artwork around it. Yeah, as opposed to... Th- I was specifically using, though, like... I was putting my... I can see it now with perfect clarity because, you know, it is the future and that was the past. <coughs> but how I was specifically putting myself in situations mm-hmm. that I would then write about and be like oh it's such a good poem but if i don't if i don't have this like this horrible thing in my life that can i how can i create without being unhappy mm-hmm. like i felt like with uh, there was i was like you can't be a poet and be happy you can't write poems about happy things those mm-hmm. aren't like meaningful to people uh i mean that's not true either those are the ones i'm drawn to <laughs> from a place of happiness you can w- still write about your state of unhappiness like you have greater a lot of the time you have a a greater perception about it you have greater oversight of view on what it was 
Yeah. You know. Ah, it's it's like you're you're like the shaman of the afternoon. You've brought the calm <laughs> back to the space. I feel like we should burn some sage or some shit. <laughs> do some <laughs> do some weird witchy shit. We'll 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 spark some more weed. Uh, hey, we're here at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020. Uh, this is another Some Call Me Tim. I'm joined by Lee Cox and April Gallaty and Billy Joe Gillespie. Tonight is a show at El Rio, doors at 8.30, show from 9 to 11. I hope everybody comes. It's going to be real, real fun. And, uh, yeah. what? Uh, what's just to totally, we'll try to end on something happy. What's your favorite thing about San Francisco thus far, Lee? Favorite thing about San Francisco? I mean, I've just been walking around a lot and kind of enjoying... Well, I mean, the weather is nice. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. like having grown up in the Pacific Northwest. Like, it's it's just nice for it to be sunny out. Um, but I don't know. There's just a lot going on. Um, yeah, there's, there's just... I, I haven't... I've explored mostly just through walking around and, like, looking at stuff. But I'm, I'm hoping to go to, like, an art museum later today and things like that. Just kind of cool. taking a little bit more. I like the uh, I like the cable cars, too. They're cool. Yeah. I like the old-timey cars that go down market because uh, yeah. I like to think about, you know, in 1940, who was riding this car mm. and where were they and, like, were they going to work? Yeah. And what were they doing? I love old-timey shit. So the f- there's a free museum. If you like old-timey rail cars and stuff like that, mm. the Muni has a free museum oh, cool. that's at the middle of that Muni line. It's right by the ferry building. And they have all kinds of cool old-timey pictures of San Francisco from, like, the Gold Rush days and when they mm. started doing – how they started with the trolleys and they were horse-drawn. Mm. And they'd go down to Playland on the beach and mm. they'd go down to the beach and then how that became the Geary 38. Anyway, I love buses. I'm, I'm like, almost on the spectrum because I love Muni so much. <laughs> Public transportation, yeah. But that's a free one to check out. But also, cool. like, the MoMA's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there the other week, the third Thursday of the month in San Francisco. There's free museum days. You can go anywhere you want. Oh, wow. Uh, they're all open. They're all free. So um, You should do the festival next year on the to encompass the third Thursday because that would be pretty cool. I mean, we'll see what the calendar looks like next mm. year. But, yeah, because it's – yeah, there's all kinds of – also, if anyone's on food stamps, you can show them your food stamp card, and you can get you and up to three people in at almost all of the museums in San Francisco as well. Oh, wow. So I don't know if anybody's on. If anyone else is on food stamps, do you know <laughs> if that would work with out-of-state cards? I don't see why not, because okay. food stamp cards are uh, federal. Federal. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So hey, everybody, go see some. Go see some art. Dope. Yeah, dope stuff. Uh, hey, does anybody want to plug anything from their other life, like podcasts you do or things you run out in wherever you are? Or I'm going to be in Youngstown, Ohio, the 18th through the 21st for the World Series of Comedy Competition. Cool. Youngstown, Ohio. And I'm going to be on the Comedy Project in Denver, which is going to be reversed. I don't know what channel it's going to be on yet, but probably probably you can find it on YouTube after. (laughs) Most likely. (laughs) You can find everything there. Uh, Do you, what do you, what do you do up in Portland? For fun? For fun? No, I feed crows. That's it. I don't run anything. I just do mics and shows and travel around a little bit. Sweet. Um, my Twitter handle, I'll just throw it out: Lee underscore Cox with three X's. Triple X. Yeah. Awesome. April, what do you do up there? Um, I am going to be in North Carolina in Greensboro for the North Carolina Comedy Festival, uh, March twenty third through the twenty seventh. You are a festival fiend. I love it. 
I love it. I've made so many connections and friends, and yeah, I've learned a lot over the past couple of years. I'm taking, this is the last one. North Carolina's my last one this year. I'm taking a break from that. I'm going to stick to the Pacific Northwest, I think, for a while. Good stuff. Well, yeah. Thank you I'm all. I'm loving oh. the travels. Um, let me throw out my Instagram yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. It's BJ Gillespie. That's G-I-L-L-I-S-P-I-E. Comedy. Yeah. And uh, get those followers. Thanks for listening to Some Call Me Tim. Coming up at 4 o'clock, we have Like an Adult Podcast with Mike Nordstrom and Chris Ferdinand Son. And don't forget tonight to come to El Rio. It's going to be an amazing show. I'm super excited. Polly Pop-Tart, the amazing drag queen introduction drag queen she's going to be hosting. And I'm super excited for everything at the festival. Buy your tickets now for our shows all here at the station starting on Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. All kinds of great people. And thanks for joining us, everyone. Yay! Thanks so much, Pam. your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in 7 days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Carmen Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95824. The dentists are just liberal propaganda. Are you telling me a fact right now? I'm telling you a 100% fact. Hear the news? Like an adult podcast. You hear the news? Like an adult podcast. Handsome, tall, athletic. You slobs just <laughs> getting it on, dude. Being so bad that even your parents can't stay together. 690 pages of just 69ing on a beanbag jet. <laughs> smack, smack like a fucking frog. <laughs> here with a very special podcast we're just Kasim Bentley's here he's gonna spit some knowledge to some uh, new comedians that have questions and things and stuff and and how exciting that he's here there's an he has a new show starting on Sundays from four to six called white slavery 
right? Hoorah! Yeah, it's it's more than you think, but it's kind of what you think. You know what I mean? It's all there. Well, it's we, provocative. It's very provocative. Wait, where are you going, Jay? I'm going. Where are you going? Which mic are you going to deliver? The dentists are just liberal propaganda. Are you telling me a fact right now? I'm telling you a 100% fact. These things just took over me. This took over my whole body. It's your boy Sifo here. Here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th. 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Mr. Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Primate Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 
69 gold Cadillac with the white interior when I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. And around in it on the freeway and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising that Cadillac on the freeway. Good feeling, I'll tell you. Can I say Colonel Blake, Henry, yeah, Charlie here, yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Let's watch. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special c- podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at Mutiny Radio. FM. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, a- Dentists are just liberal propaganda. Are you telling me a fact right now? I'm telling you a 100% fact. You hear the news? I like an adult podcast. You hear the news? I like an adult podcast. Handsome, tall, athletic. You slobs just <laughs> getting it on, dude. Being so bad that even your parents can't stay together. 690 pages of just 69ing on a beanbag jet. <laughs> Smack, smack like a fucking frog. your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in 7 days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. 
Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riding. Dentists are just liberal propaganda. Are you telling me a fact right now? I'm telling you a 100% fact. You hear the news? I like the dump. Uh, please give it up for DJ Sasquatch Bolacho. We have a fantastic program of music for you this evening. How many people out there like Pins of Light? They are playing here tonight. I'm fucking believable. Uh, has anybody ever seen the birth defects? Yeah. They're fine, they're great. They're from Los Angeles, and they're gonna fucking melt your faces and kick your eye holes in. But I know, it sounds very aggressive. It's very aggressive. Well, first and foremost, we're gonna kick it off with uh, something we're very excited about. Welcome to the stage, people, War Bison.
One shot of tequila, baby. Got one.
Cab Room.
Johnson at Makeup. Hi, About the shithead who's running this country. Well, Don and the drunk. Mm-hmm. 
Plastic Muni Radio FM All the music all the music you hear in the next hours is from John Coltrane because it's healing music. Nineteen sixty three, everything from sixty three.
Holz vorbei. Und als Kind noch schon als Schulkinder waren wir immer auf dem Bach rumgelaufen. Haben Fische gefangen, Frösche gefangen, Krebse gefangen. Und da waren wir immer das gewonnen und der Fluss war immer, da haben wir immer gespielt. Und dann haben wir Fische immer reingeschubst. Genau bei uns am Garten vorbei und dann war der Fluss halt diese und diese in alte